everybody, and welcome to the Unwoken Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Owsley, and I'm joined today by the Paul D. Rossi. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I wanted to bring Paul on because, honestly, he threw up a tweet the other day that uh, that that caught my attention because it's something I've been digging into, which is, you know, uh, how our technology is kind of controlling our minds a little bit, that that uh, instead of us controlling it, we are, or we it is controlling us. Um, and, uh, you know, talk about the social media censorship, because, um, it's just interesting that when Elon Musk decides to go ahead and push the button and buy Twitter, right. Uh, you see this massive purge of, of, of followers. Right. And also I think it's important to note that libs of TikTok got, got suspended right after the story, after, after she helped me break the story to OU children's. And was back for like, I don't know, 12 hours and then got suspended again. <laughs> um, and so you see lots of us being shadow banned and and uh, and having our followers purged and and things like that. But I, I it was interesting. I was on Tim Cast the other day and we, he was talking about this. He had a good analogy, you know, but he was talking about how the bigger platforms will get knocked down, but that'll cause a big ripple. Right. People will notice that. Um, but the, 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 it's the smaller accounts that go after, right? Uh, because those are the ones that make the grassroots change. And if they can really affect the narrative, if they get too far up into the stratosphere, because we're the ones on the ground. Right. And I think Paul, you experienced some of that for a little bit. I know that you had a copyright situation or was it a copyright situation that got you kicked off Twitter for about a month or two? Yes. Um, yes, it was a, it was an interesting thing. And I was, a, I, I was not, um, you know, part of this was just, I wasn't really savvy about how Twitter worked and, and some, some copyright things that they're very sensitive about or how vulnerable I was to, to um, larger entities sort of becoming aware of me and, and using uh, what, what I'm pretty clear and my lawyers are pretty clear of fair use mm-hmm. um, to, to go after me um, even though, you know, claiming that it's not fair use. So Twitter pulls the trigger first and then lets you sort out, you know, sort out, kill them all and let God sort them out basically. Right. So they're, they're not going to, if they get a, what they consider to be a legit claim from a, a major um, professional organization or, or corporate entity or media company, they're going to, they're just going to act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to block, they blocked me. And so I got, I actually got blocked, uh, for sharing, um, short, uh, you know, what's called de minimis clips of a professional conference that the national association of independent schools held mm-hmm. in, um, in, you know, last year around January, I start and then January of 2022, I started sharing some of those, and then I, I got locked out. Um, and that was the first offense. So anyone who gets locked out for any copyright, be, just be careful because you have to contest them, even if you delete them, which is what I did. I just kind of deleted them and went on with my with my life. But that actually counted as the first strike. So what I should have done is contest those, because when it happened again, um, they like said, "That's it. You're permanently." banned. Um, so I had to, you know, hire a lawyer. I had to really research copyright law and myself and get into it and, and file a, um, you know, a substantial reply counter notice it's called for every single one of the clips. And it just chewed through 
a lot of time. I think it took me about like 18 to 20 hours and, you know, it's a decent amount of funds to like make, get it eventually to happen. And I had a lot of support at Peter Rogozian was, uh, you know, supportive to get me back on. And, uh, there was a, also another org organization that helped out. So it's, it's, um, it's an ordeal and you, you know, not many people just have the patience or the time or the money to, to, to do it. So they kind of just see it as, all right, we're going to whack-a-mole this guy. Yeah. Um, we're going to, you know, knock him out. And then when you file a counter notice and it finally gets accepted and there's a lot of Twitter's a black box, you just have to keep trying different things, combinations of things to, to trigger their, whatever their little filter is on their email to actually execute a legitimate review. And then once mm -hmm. you get a legitimate review, you wait 10 days and then they have the opportunity the the party you originally complained has the opportunity to actually file a legal claim, which they're not going to do. I mean, right. I'm not going to dare them to do it, but I would say that there's would be a, a very poor investment on their part because I'm fairly certain I had good representation that I, that was just fairly used. Right. Well, um, well, and I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you, this is all about you posting something from a conference, you know, because, uh, I don't know if you've met courage as a how habit Alvin Louis, um, mm -hmm. that group, but, but when he broke out with the ASCA stuff, he came on my, my, he came on this, this program to talk about it. And, and when he did, I mean, within a few hours, I was, I was suspended from YouTube for clipping a video that is on YouTube. It was un, mm -hmm. it was not a copyright infringement, which means I wasn't monetizing it. Um, but they said that it was a medical, what they say it was, it was basically COVID misinformation. Oh, right. um, okay. but, 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 Again, it was a, a very reputable source. It was a lecture and that video is still on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then mm -hmm. he got knocked off Google and Amazon and I got my first suspension from Twitter um, after, I mean, and you've been around me on Twitter for a while. I, I come from the James Lindsay school of Twitter, which means I, I there's probably more things that they could have found in the, in the ether to, to suspend me for, but, but they said it was gratuitous gore uh, because I posted a picture of what was happening to these kids. And, <laughs> and it's so yeah. funny though, in, in the explanation, they admitted that it was mutilation, that it was human mutilation. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is mm -hmm. what the, this is the after effect, but right. Right. And, it is what it and, is. And in addition to this, the next day after this all happened to Alvin and me, the federal department of education puts out this hastily put together video uh, praising school counselors, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it seems to be a very intricate web um, that, that targets smaller, 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 but influential accounts, you know? And I think you yeah, yeah. into that realm, you know? Right. I think we're, we're kind of the same boat. I mean, the, the thing is, if I were if I were a PR firm, if I were a crisis communications consultant, right, mm -hmm. what am I who are my clients and what do they have to worry about? I'm actually doing proactive research. I'm 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 looking into, OK, how does this how does this negative material, which is influencing public opinion, bubble up? Right. Where where who's feeding? OK, we got the Chris Rufo, but who's feeding Chris Rufo? Where is this coming from? Right. And it's people like at this mid level, you're talking about the grassroots people that find they actually you know, we'll, we'll dig it up um, mm -hmm. and then prepare it. And then, you know, with, with what we have now in the tech uh, climate, we can actually just start talking about it. So they are going to, you're going to see even more aggression 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how it's, I, I don't know. I mean, you've got, you've well, got so I'm many hoping, variables now, Elon I'm, and I'm, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that Elon, at least on Twitter will, will stem some of that tide, Be, but, but you just saw Ricada get kicked yeah. off of, of Twitter and YouTube simultaneously, um, which is very interesting. Um, and you know, he, he gets put over to rumble, which is great, but it doesn't have the reach. Uh, but going back to your point about who's feeding the monster or who's feeding the narratives or who's feeding the information to the larger platforms, you know, that's one thing I think James Lindsay um, kind of, he was out of the, out of the sleeve on that one is that he would, he would just retweet people kind of randomly, you know, if he mm -hmm. saw a good point, you know, um, mm -hmm. he, he didn't even have to know your name, so to speak. It, 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 I mean, he would get to know you, but he would retweet things that were happening that would, that were evidence of the things he was talking about in a larger frame. Um, right. But what they're trying to do now, I think they figured that out, which is why James is one of the only banned people to not be brought back. <laughs> you know, I don't know how hard he's trying to be honest, but yeah. Uh, but, but the, the others that we deal with sometimes have a lot more going on and they're harder to reach. You know what I mean? And they're not yeah. as kind of tweet willy nilly as James was. Well, well, James, and, James is an interesting because he, he's, he would be very, I mean, he's very dangerous. But what makes him dangerous is that he doesn't covet his own material. He doesn't try to like, he just, he's like a, a, a total networking feeder. So like you said, yeah. he just he throws it out there. And so, you, you know, with his, with his follower count, he could, he could get a lot of attention on, you know, stuff that wouldn't get eyeballs otherwise. Right. And he doesn't, he's not interested in massaging it or he doesn't, you know, owning it. He kind of has mm -hmm. his own lane, but he's, but he's just sort of, you know, was pushing all the stuff for it. And so it's difficult to co-opt a guy like that because yeah. he doesn't have, right. He has his own sort of independent thing. He, he knows what he's good at. He does that. He does these podcasts. And then he also is this tremendous blaster of all of everybody yes. else. So, yeah. you know, that's a dangerous man. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, they, there's people and I think that model, that model, it's a very generous way of approaching mm -hmm. the problem because you just want to solve the problem. Right. You don't right. want to carve out your little, um, you know, cash register on it. You're, you're just, you know, you're just kind of making pushing it out there. So well, um, and he doesn't work for anyone else. He works right. for himself. And right. So he, he can't he can't yeah. be bought. You know, it's, it's right. It's tricky. And, that, and that's that's the that's the interesting thing now that I'm seeing since he's been gone specifically because he was that for us or for me and for you, I think for others um, is that now what happens is, is anytime you, you get play as a mid-level account. I don't know. I, I start seeing more attacks than I did yeah. before. You know what I mean? Because you know, you, they know you don't have that kind of umbrella. I called them, you know, an angel on our shoulder you know, it's like if, if right, if right, we got into I don't trouble. Have a gang, yeah, right, right, yeah, it's our like, gang, yeah, and and actually, the gang is kind of splintered elsewhere. You know, it's like you don't see as many people because he kind of held together the algorithm in a group. You know, yeah. and that's how Twitter works, right? You have you have the woke Twitter, and they all kind of stick in their algorithm. You have, um, you know, the conservative Twitter, or even the MAGA crowd, but they're separate from what James was. You know, and we all kind of sat there and. Yeah, it but was a now, big node. It was a node. And then, you know, so they went after the node. 
Yeah. And, wow. and it's, it's really disconcerting, but I think what we're seeing now with the censorship is, is more pernicious because now they'll go after people individually, personally, they'll go after them to discredit them, to cut them off from the larger sources. You know what I mean? That's what's happening now too, is that either they'll ban you or suspend you like they did with you. Right. Um, or, or they'll, they'll do some other kind of trickery to, to discredit you. So the bigger people won't listen to you. Um, and because that's what they don't want. And they do that from the grassroots level. You know, they do that from the grassroots level. Well, um, I don't know how we fix it though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, the thing is it is like, there's, you have no leverage in Twitter. There's no, there's no, yeah. you're, it's a, it's a losing game unless you have a, a white knight, you know, Elon yeah. Musk riding in there and, you know, saving it for everybody. But who knows how long, who knows what he'll be able to accomplish. And, and there are even ways where he's beholden. Like he does have to honor the law is that you do have to sort of, you know, take action if someone plays the copyright card. Right. So right. they could they could find they're going to find ways to to cut us out. If, if, if the free speech opens up and you can say groomer, great. But they yeah. there there's going to be other ways, there's gonna be other tricks. And there are I'm sure there are lawyers busy at work on this now. Um and PR firms and, and crisis consulting firm and every, you know, there's a whole industry around this. Um, and, you know, we just have to, we have to be adaptable and we have to be light on our feet and we have to go to like, use every platform, use every possible thing. I started, you know, putting them, I, I figured out, um, you know, how to put stuff on Odyssey and how to work Odyssey mm-hmm. and, and rumble and multiple, you know, things I never knew. I'd, I, I would never, if I was just sort of, there was right. no problem. I wouldn't have adapted. So well, just find a way to adapt. And that leads me to something else, though, because I think what I'm seeing is what what concerns me is segregation. Right. So now you have truth and you have Odyssey and you have Rumble and you have all these things. Right. But that that bifurcates the 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 square. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm on truth and it's just first of all, it's a, it's a big echo chamber. Right. Because everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, it's not as interesting, but it's also, you can't spread an idea in a place where everybody thinks the same way. Um, and that's, what's concerning me now is that I feel like, you know, you get Rakeda who gets knocked off and he jumps over to rumble. And then you have this giant cohort that runs over to rumble and will quit using YouTube or mm-hmm. truth or Twitter or whatever it would be. And now, how are we supposed to stay the United States of America when we have seem to have a pernicious system that's attempting to bifurcate our information? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I one of the reasons people talk about the problem, the echo chamber, one of the reasons why Twitter's still popular, even though, that, like you're saying, there's all these other things and, and it's creating these little silos is that people don't want to. Like you want a little bit of an echo chamber, not too much. So the, the great thing about Twitter is that you can, you know, you can quote tweet people. It's a bit of a scrum. You're going to get dogpiled. You're going to, re- you're going to, you know, respond to somebody else's crazy thing. And I, I've tried to get into genuine dialogues with people. I still haven't, you know, given up on that. I, I like that mm-hmm. about Twitter. You know, when somebody, I, I'll try to ask the question, an open-ended question, which kind of gets crack tries to crack the nut a little bit mm-hmm. um and then if i don't get most of the time i don't get any anything substantial in response but i i may get a little bit of something and so i've had a couple positive exchanges with like different people different 
strands in there. And, and like, that's, even if you don't do that all the time, it's really important to have a platform that is a square where there's a potential to do that, where even right. if you don't engage with the people, you can see them over there. You can read mm -hmm. what they're saying. You know, you can doom scroll, you can, you know, you can read all the wacky stuff and, and, uh, and laugh at it and then, right. you know, quote tweet or whatever, you know, I mean, it's sure it's, is it, is it, uh, you know, elevated <laughs> debate? No, no it's not. Twitter. Right. But like, that's kind of, you, you need to have a little bit of that uh interaction right Even right if it's but, just like hating people is still a conversation right? <laughs> yes like, well and that's the thing and it, yeah. it can lead at times at least to not hating people right right, right. you know yeah, what i mean true. and and that's that's the thing that we want to try to do but i think that lives of tiktok is is the kind of case study in this because tiktok is a younger platform in general right and it's a different kind of platform and and everybody on Twitter is plugged in as we thought we were, right? We had no idea what these people were saying. You know what I mean? We had no idea to the extent and to the level mm -hmm. these things were going. And I think that's why they've consistently gone after libs of TikTok is because yeah. they broke down this segregation between the two. And mm -hmm. and and they, they don't want whoever they is, okay? The regime, as James would call them, right? They don't want that wall broken mm -hmm. uh, so that you can see what's happening on the other side of the coin. Um, and that to me is, is concerning. It just is concerning that, that we have this kind of artificial, you know, border wall between these platforms that seems to be being reinforced a little bit by both sides. Right. Because it, yeah. immediately, immediately what you say, it's like, okay, you know, oh, we got banned. I'm going over here. Everybody go with me. You know what I mean? And or and I'm not coming back. And it's like, oh, come on. I would love to have you back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I and, think that I think that strategy fails. I think it's, it's it's kind of a failure because people leave and then I mean maybe it works for those people, but like it mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't improve things. I think it right. does create these little atomized blobs. Um and I like the I like the meta blob. I like the big blob with all the different messy stuff in there. Um, right. Well, but that's the classical yeah. liberal view, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to get yeah. in there and slog, right? And and right. and to avoid. I mean, you're always going to have those people that will go after you personally to win an argument. You always have those people that will dogpile you to to beat you with numbers. You will always have those people that you know the bots that just will you say the wrong thing outside of their narrative and they'll they'll you get after you right hopefully elon will take care of that at least some of it but i all like you said before i think all of that is worth it yeah yeah can, i want if, someone to chew on right. me and, and scratch at my scratching post and well yeah. and i think of a i think of a conversation i just had a dust up it was a month or so ago with jason littlefield right jason littlefield is one of the best guys ever first mm -hmm. of all yeah. right um and, and we we had a conversation that we were kind of digging into on twitter and it looked more like a contentious conversation than it was, you know? Um, and, but it, it helped us get to the heart of where our disagreement was. And then we brought it over to YouTube and we talked about it for two hours. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's what, that's what I think we should be able to do. Um, yeah. Right. Because even amongst friends, yeah, amongst friends. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's important to have antagonists. I don't think there's important to have enemies, but I think that you should have antagonist antagonists and be clear about who 
who they are and engage with them as antagonists. Then you can be, you can have disputes among friends. You can have every possible permutation of, and it's healthy to have every, it's healthy to have lots of that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, ever let, let all of the different permutations happen. Um, I, you know, I think social, it's, it's funny because there's a, there's a, there's a new product a friend of mine's working on. I don't know how much I should say about it, but it's, it's sort of a kind of, it's called weave. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but it's like a Facebook, but there's like different, uh, sort of concentric circles and friendship levels. And then you have to sort of upvote people to move them into your inner circle. And, hmm. um, you know, I think we need something like that. Maybe not that, but something where, um, you can cultivate relationships with people online and have the, have, have something where you could actually, these are the people online that I've met online that I would like to meet in person. Like I would yeah. like to work with these people. So yeah. instead of like what, what happened to me with Facebook was that I had a bunch of friends in real life. We all went on Facebook, we argued, and then I lost friends. Yeah. Right. And that, but right. I, to, to sort of reverse the reverse, the polarity would be to like meet people online you know, form relationships, call that down and then, you know, meet them in real life and then have that. So it's like kind of like cultivating feedback. your own algorithm a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's this, people want to make this platform that will, that will facilitate that, you know, and not be a sort of either, or, you know, like it's, it, yeah. right now it's incredibly borderline, right? It's like somebody says something and you're like, you're crazy. And then like, you never, you block that person. Right. So yeah. you, you, we need to find something which is not like all or nothing. Yeah. Well, well, it just keeps the lines of communication open. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like a quasi block or a semi block or, you know, talk to me, I'll show it, show me again what he's, show me what this person is saying in two weeks, but like I've had yeah. it for now. Yeah. You know, well, something, something that's like, yeah, I think I've seen that in other platforms, but it's not something that's well known um, yeah. where you can kind of mute them. Or, or something right for right you can days mute. yeah mute or, 30 or, day or, temporary uh, mutes things like that but i think that would be beneficial because what i'm seeing here is that since since people like james have left that would that would kind of reach into the grassroots and talk to people is that now we have more of a what feels like a network relationship with some of the larger accounts on twitter you know what i mean and and that to me takes away a little bit of what I think was valuable about Twitter on both sides of these issues that we talk about all the time, right? Which is that the grassroots have something to say and actually the people at the top really need to know it and not just from the people that they know at the grassroots, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there've been so many, I mean, so many people that have come up and brought up really important things. I think of uh, eyes inside the classroom, you know, the kind of like a little TikTok. Mm -hmm. Or you know, uh, libs of TikTok, and they they, but they get different stuff. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that brings to attention before the big accounts grab it. And what I also don't like seeing is is this push for narrative control on both sides. Now it's like now we've folded into the election system. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it always gets worse closer to the election. Right. And I want, yeah, I wonder how much of it is because of that, or just that there are these massive party apparatuses on the, on the right that are just saying, look, you gotta, you know, you gotta be in lockstep with this. And, uh, 
you know, if you, if you, if you're against us, you're going to be hurting us. Um, right. That's really unhealthy. That's really, it is. It is. And I think we beat that for a little while. Yeah. I, I think we beat that for a little while. And I, now we're seeing a little bit more of it. I hope that Elon will, will open that up again. Well, well, that brings me to what's to talk about algorithm, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Content uh, be damned. It doesn't yeah, matter. We're so, all, we're so, all being farmed. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, we, we are human capital, right? I yeah, mean, that's, well, we, that's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I saw two things that kind of blew, blew my mind on Twitter recently. Um, one of them was this tweet from, it was, I think it's some account called Bernie's Tweets. Do you know this? Mm-mm. Um, and she has a, a video from a sustainable development conference, the World Economic Forum. Melissa Fleming, the Department of Global Communications. Uh, is talking about or this unelected functionary um, bureaucrat is talking about how her office worked with Google to, you know, to basically curate the search results around climate change because she saw a lot of um, misinformation, disinformation. And, you know, she said, well, we got all of our UN results at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, you know, that, what is that, what does that say? Because I'm, as a teacher, when I was teaching, I, you know, kids would take as became a habit, total instinct that research was Google, right? That it's just, yeah. it's like, what, what is a tissue? You know, it is Kleenex. It's the same thing. Right. And so if you have these, you know, some of her hand gestures, if you watch this video, maybe we can, I, I have the, oh, yeah, I can put it, it, can yeah, put it, it in there. Um, sure. And like, it's just, uh, here, I'll drop it in here, is that it's this the dominating force, which is, this is the hand gesture. This is such an interesting, it's like Hold on, I'll bring this, it up. this hierarchical dominance. Anyway, um, what is, you know, I remember the card catalog. So I'm old, no. right? Uh-huh. So you go to the library and there was a librarian and she would curate what was in the card catalog. And you sort of got a sense of like, these are the sources. And you were able to sort of distinguish, you had to distinguish yourself between a source that was legit and that wasn't. And um, now you have, you know, these institutions which are unelected determining what you see in the card catalog. Right. Um, and so maybe we can play this. Yeah, you want to see I'm, it? Yeah. Okay, hold, on, hold on, let me pull it back We're here. becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms they themselves own the science? also do. <laughs> yes. um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. They own the you know, science. Partner- that, that, that's the thing that hit yeah. me with it. I was like, what? We own the science. Yeah. I mean, and that's, well, there's that, right? Um, yeah. But, but what it, were you talking about with the hand be, gestures? It could even be it could, just kind of her. I mean, I think I think gestures are incredible. I'm Italian, so you know, yeah, I yeah. with gestures. But I think they're incredibly revealing about somebody's um here I am watching myself, but like how they're, 
how they orient themselves to the relationship to the subject they're talking about. Right. I'm not, I don't know a psychologist, but I, I just, I find it interesting. Well, meaning that, meaning this... that the more they, the more they gesticulate, the more they impassioned, or is it the more that they It are... could be, you know, but it, it can also be like the, the form, like there's this woke thing that, that a lot of people do oh, yes. where they do this thing where they're like, you know, they're, they're trying to say, you know, you need to do this. And there's this clenching, this, this pincer movement huh. I've noticed. Um, anyway, uh, kind of just a, just a side note, but it could be the right science, right? It could be right. absolutely hundred percent correct. There is, let's say there is climate change. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, before the pandemic and, all, and a lot of stuff came out that's BS, I, I probably would have possibly trusted it more. Right. Um, but, but that anyone is in charge of, of putting their finger on the scale and moving the needle on what these results are. And then, you know, collaborating with this quote unquote objective Source of which the kids all think is objective. I mean, that's yes. research to them, well, which, is, remember, which is crazy I, to me. I remember when I was in high school, Google and stuff just started coming out, right? You had Dogpile, yeah. you had Google, you had all these kind of, what is it, Ask Jeeves or something Jeeves, like that? Yeah. You know, like, and I remember the teacher saying to me, these are just a tool. You have mm -hmm. to check your sources. Yes. And... Yes. I remember when Wikipedia started really busting out. I remember all of my teachers in even because it was uh, even up into college time, right? Saying Wikipedia is not a source. Like they they, they would yes. say that they, yeah. they would say Wikipedia is is not a a trusted source because too many people can change it, and so yeah. therefore anything you read there start there. But you have to if you're writing something academic, right? You have to then go check the source to something that's hard. Yeah. You know, a hard, a right. hard cover, you know, something in the card catalog, so to speak. And it seems what I've seen in the university since then is that's completely out the window. You know, you, you don't have to go check necessarily the hard sources on things in an academic sense, especially in the media when we're talking about the press. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, and. Yeah. And but 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 in terms of putting their finger on the scale that when she said that we own the science because we I think everybody yeah. everybody can can see that we have some change in the climate. Now it's it's the causes of that that is is I think the 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 bone to pick and how much or how little that's happening. And we won't and talk about I mean if given it, right. how to fix it. I mean what are they doing to fix it? This is, is it's a whole other agenda going on, um, I think. Uh, and so I just started to think, well, I mean, I remember I did code. I coded. I learned to code. I, I, I pretended, I pretended to know how to code in the 90s during this dot-com boom. I was a poet mm -hmm. and I needed to make money and need to eat. I was, I was good at math. So I had a friend of mine, worked for a, a large media company. You know, uh, I... I lied. I said I knew how to code, right? And I <laughs> figured it out and I tried to do it as quickly as I could. And I tore out a lot of hair and I got this thing, project turnaround, staying up late and, and, you know, drinking a lot of coffee and I've, you know, mm -hmm. cracked open the books. And, but um, now uh, that was about coding, you know, you would code something for people, but now the people are what you code. Yes. So the algorithms I just realized that we are the computer. Like we are what's being programmed. This is not an original thought, but this is, there's right. been movies about, this. but 
if you really realize that you are the one being programmed and that you have hardware, you have software, you have hormones, you have an amygdala, you have a brain, and the brain is the thing that's being programmed, and your instincts are being manipulated. Uh, I got addicted to this video game, okay? This video game is a cheesy browser game, okay? Mm -hmm. It just happens to have the right combination of city building and resource collection and, you know, war elements to it. It, the graphics aren't spectacular, but they mm -hmm. tap into whatever it is in my, you know, hind brain that wants to accumulate power and resources. Okay? Right. These are yeah. not real power. <laughs> this is not real power and resources. Right. So I have, you know, squandered. You know, I've been Hours. in the matrix of that. I don't know how long, but this is not, I mean, this is not an unusual phenomenon because I know this company's raking in like million dollars a day practically mm -hmm. on people buying extra resources or whatever it is. So, and then you spend real money on it. Right. You spend, people then, spend real money on it. And, you know, I was yeah. able to sell my city for like $3,000. For real? Like yeah. actual $3,000? Yeah. But the thing is that, you know, if you actually, you know, figured out, did the dividing by the hour spent, it would be like a penny. And something ridiculous. So I didn't, I don't feel like I, I feel like I walked yeah. away with a little dignity. Um, <laughs> but, but. I realized from the experience, like this is this, you know, the, the matrix, they don't hook you up all at once. It's just like, there's a little hook here. There's a little hook here. And they get you back here a little bit and you find yourself doing things and behaving in certain ways. And then now with, with uh, learning management systems in the education market, big tech, big, you know, ed, mm -hmm. they are monitoring kids response times for questions. They are making psychological profiles. They, you know, this is something that's been talked about. Um, and they were taking the data and they're warehousing it somewhere. And yeah. if you opt, if you try to opt out of say canvas, um, you can't participate in French class because yeah. the teacher is not going to accept your handwritten assignment outside of the thing. You have to put in your profile and your information. Yeah. And even if, even if the company doesn't sell it, well, stuff gets hacked into all the time. That's right. By, you know, bad actors or state actors or gray hats or white hats or black, who, who knows what, who's going to find it. And, you know, you can wind up handing over the keys to your own brain uh, and basically giving people root access to your, to your hardware, which is your, your brain. Well, and I, I uh, think and your kids it, brains. Yeah, that is that is. And I think that's the big thing, right? Because you see Google just jumping into all these education markets, you know, with with their oh, their yeah. their tablets and things and and they'll give them to you for free, you know, but it's like it's the same thing as, you know, you can get a free phone at most places, mm -hmm. you know, because that's not what they're making the money off of anymore. It's it's what you do with the phone that they make the money off of. But I think it's interesting to say that, you know, our brains can be hacked through these devices and through these this technology but i think it's a it's a, the reason for that is because everything that man creates is in some way shape or form a copy of itself you know what i mean you know it's mm -hmm. like when we talk about data and we talk about memories you know it, we're, we're kind of just reinventing ourselves in another form uh when it especially if it has any intelligence to it at all and so when you hear that this is a conspiracy theory it shouldn't be because it's pretty, I mean, it, it, it is pretty self-explanatory. It just, just commonsensical that we're creating stuff that can be intelligent and learn. And those things will learn. And that information is going to go to somewhere because it's not sentient, obviously, 
right? It's controlled mm -hmm. by someone or something that's sentient uh, and or an entity, a, a company with sentient people in it. And so what do they want to do with that? I think, yeah, yeah. I think they want to control at least as much as possible the populace that votes to, to make things happen because we are in a democracy, at least here in America, right? We still vote, right? Well, if you can take, so. yeah, <laughs> at least right I now. And it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's funny that you said populism because, you know, with the, if the, if the people vote with the elites, well, it's democracy. If they vote against, it's populism. Right. So, you know, populism is a dirty word. It's just a bunch of people voting for what they want. Right. Um, it happens to be the thing that people who run the show don't want. So, right. you know, that's well, that's a know, challenge, you know. How do you, you know some history a little bit? Like, I mean, that the first populist president was what, Andrew Jackson? Right? Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and they saw him as an implicit threat. I mean, like, yes. the, even way back then, no technology. All you had was newspapers, right? But he was... I mean, just in a way that was even stuff was hard back then. The people don't know that a lot of this, but the press was vicious. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, just vicious. But to him, they were even kind of went above and beyond. Um, you know, talking about his oh, wife, right. talking about his 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 past relationships and and things like that. And we're talking about a guy who I don't know had like twenty seven duels or something. You know, um, he was a hard guy, but. They, yeah, they, they they call him like old Rattler because he had so many like buckshot yeah, in him. Like yeah, he well, he, when he walked. Right. Yeah. He yeah. was he was, but he represented and they and they fixed an election against him. Just uh, just to point yeah. that out. This is Andrew Jackson, not anything before <laughs> just so I'm talking to YouTube here. Um, but we're talking right, about Andrew right. Jackson. They fixed an election against him. There was a you know, kind of a grand bargain or whatever that happened. Well, that was uh uh, Harrison later on, but, but they, in, in the house of representatives, there were three candidates and he, he, he won the popular vote and they, they kind of kicked him out of it, you know, but the elites, so to speak, were very scared of him. And so they, they, they robbed him of his first election, which made him really, really upset. You know, and what did he do? He went right after those institutions like the, the Bank of America and stuff that mm -hmm. seek to kind of control the apparatus of currency. Uh, yeah. And so so I populism has always been a threat to the elites in America. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It seems the reason why that is, is because most people want things from both sides of the spectrum. Would you agree with that? That sure. that be, I mean, be, be, because I, we we would vote yeah. for stuff that Dem some Democrats would want and some Republicans would want, and that doesn't go into the narrative. Right, right. Well, you know how like things things that start out as having that kind of balance and that cooperation, where you have that connection between the elites and the the broad base, right? And you know, you you sort we sort of had that partly because we had a. We had a, a war. War, nothing yeah. brings people together like war. But then, um, you know, what over time, what happens is the the cream rises and separates, and then you get this sort of vertical split, so the horizontal split, and then you have what we have now, which is just this kind of oligarchy, mm -hmm. uh, which protects its interests and manages consent and does all the things. But you know, but so if you were in that, you have to really think like if you were in that, 
apex of the pyramid or level mm -hmm. or however you want to structure mm -hmm. it. Um, what would, what would you think about somebody that you, you didn't have your hooks in? You would be, you would automatically be antagonistic with them, even if they were completely benign. Yeah. Even if they had no bad intention, they're just, were like, oh yeah, I just want to do things my own way. You know, I don't really want to get involved in all this tech stuff. I just want to be over here and, you know, be, have a garden. No, like mm -hmm. you would, you would probably think, well, but what are they doing over there? Yeah. Is it really... I mean, we're, we have no contact. We don't know what they're doing. We need to know what they're doing. Like, and what, you would immediately what, what, what start they to do want later? to. Yeah, what could they do later? They're kidding. Yeah. I don't know. We can't. If we don't know what's going on, we don't know if we, it's ambiguous. And we, we might be a threat, you know? So, yeah. like, you, this is, it's just human nature. There's nothing. There's no conspiracy there. I mean, there there's a bunch of people with a certain number of interests that are organized. And then there's a consensus that builds around mm -hmm. managing you know, the people who are on the margins either of belief or of, you know, involvement in the system. Right. And so there's yeah. this, there's this duality. We're like, Oh, well, they're, they're the rabble. Um, you know, uh, we need to control them. We need to manage them. We can't let them get too close. And then if they're, if they, if they do something that we can portray as crazy, well, then we can get people scared of them and right. they can occupy themselves with fear of each other. You know, there's all of these tools there's all of these ways so and but there's nothing it there's nothing more sinister i mean it is bad but like there's nothing more sinister about it than saying you know if your mom tells you to smile you know it's a good idea because it's a way to manipulate i mean it is a way to manipulate people yes it is one-to-one -one, like smiling it's it, people like it people mm -hmm. like it when you smile or or, they, or, or the fear gestures. right the gestures right, the reactions right. like mm -hmm. this is all very human and natural like but but they have these consequences these tremendous consequences because they're you know we have states with armies and power and police and fbi and you know jails mm -hmm. and justice departments and things where the the levers that they have to pull are they people you know it's life or death yeah uh so well, and, it, and if, it, if it goes into a larger agenda that's the thing too and that and going back to connect a little bit to what we were talking about, James Lindsay kind of broke that silo down in that mm -hmm. way that, mm -hmm. that made it really difficult for them to necessarily control who gets to the top and who's saying what. Right. Yeah. And so uh, what I'm concerned about, honestly, what I'm seeing is that there's this level of oligarchy developing on both sides of the spectrum now. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but, but I think that's the, it's a, it's a little bit natural. You always have a hierarchy. Right. You always, mm -hmm. uh, but, but who, who pulls those strings and who decides what goes out and what doesn't and when is part of the, is part of the issue that I think we're dealing with or that we've all been fighting on the left. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, do we want to recreate that same thing in our own spaces? I don't know. I, I, somebody may want to, and if they're the person that does sit at the high atop that thing, we got a problem because then you know, now there's a reinforced narrative that they're the ones that aren't going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder how much of it is that, is it going to be created or has it always been this way? You yeah. Know, I'm, I've kind of this, I, I was, I was kind of a noob. I, I came into this space a year ago and I've, I've just seen how organizations work and how the party politics a little bit work. And, you know, there's just, I think there's always been this self-serving aspect to all so many organizations and political parties uh 
you know, where they're taking advantage of people's outrage. They're going to, they're going to grand, you know, they're going to grandize themselves. They're going to, they're going to create relationships and then they're going to profit from those relationships. And it's the oldest story in the book. It's, it's, you know, it's where the sausage is made and it's who, you know, and yeah. this is like, this is not, this is not new, new on the right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why I brought up, that's anywhere. why I brought up Andrew yeah. Jackson. Cause it, it right. existed back then. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, this, and again, all of those systems were created from the mind of man and they kind of copy man's, you know, ways mm-hmm. of doing things. And, and, and now we've put that into a phone or we've put that into a computer or we've put that into a social media platform. Right. Yeah. And it's mimicking that, but, but there's this separation that's happening now. Yeah. I mean, it. the perfect, the perfect human being in the eyes of the elite would be a vegetable. Right. Yeah. You want a vegetable because you want something that's predictable, that will grow in a certain direction. You can like, scaffold. They're not going to be motile. They're not going to run around and go somewhere. You can't. They're not going to leave the greenhouse or the farm or wherever you have them. And they're just going to they're going to you can you can, uh, you know, reap their resources they produce. Um, and, you know, you can you have to tend them. You, know, you can't leave them alone. You know, they can't let them grow wild. But like you can, mm-hmm. you know, you just. You harvest them, right? You harvest, yeah. and so we're being attention harvested. It's well, not I, like the Matrix where they there were like batteries or something, but our right. attention and the attention economy is is what's well, being called. I, I think battery is is a decent way of explaining it because you are well. I think they they say it best. You're human capital. Yeah, human human ching. I mean, seriously, that, that when I keep seeing that in, in not just the WEF, okay, because the WEF is the WEF, but I'm now seeing that term over and over and over again in even even education literal, literature or, or in, in legislation about education or in especially healthcare things, you know, that. Yeah. That, I mean, I remember when it came about, it was, it's been around a while, human capital. And it was a sort of a dignifying thing at first. It was like, well, you're human capital because cap, like you have so much potential to like develop and, and you can, you know, all of the creativity of yourself can come out. And so that's the way it was, it was presented. Right. But it is, it does. So it's like, you know, the way they talk about it, it's like this noble thing, right? It's good yeah. to be human capital, but mm-hmm. we want to, Human. I used to work in human resources. It was like, oh yeah, we need, we need to appeal to the people's potential to bring value to the organization, or however they put it, right? But it's actually a lot more mundane, right? It's, yeah. It, and, and it is, it is reductive to like your value, right? To to this unit of account mm-hmm. where you know we don't find that your human value is of tremendous worth to the organization, right? Or, or just, right. you got to look at it the opposite. Right. Right. Look at it inside out. So it's very, it's very Is it funny. your personhood or is it what you can produce? Right. right. And, and so, and, you know, but but I'm, what I'm saying is that the, the way it was sold as a phrase initially was it was about your personhood. They tried to say, well, you know what? We care, we're capitalists. We care about capitalism, but you're capital too. You get to be capital. Yes. Don't but, you want but, to be capital? But, but, but that's the, the it's always yeah. a bait. It's a definite bait and switch though, because the first time I heard the term and I'm not as familiar with it as you, the first thing I heard was, it was slavery, you know, I, and I, and I'm, I'm coming from a guy who was raised very conservative. So I'm not talking about like, you know, I, I have a problem with businesses or anything like that. But when I heard the term human capital, it just made me think you're monetizing me. 
And in a business sense, mm-hmm. that makes more sense because when a company hires you, they put an investment into you, right? So therefore, yeah. you know, that makes sense. But now when you start bridging that out into health and you bridge that out into education, that these are not things that are supposed to produce capital in the nth degree or as the as the primary focus. Right. These are these are things that health is supposed to produce what health, um, you know, uh, as education is supposed to produce educated populace. They're supposed to teach you things or how to think. Right. And, mm. you know, going back to your video game, I see this now because there was a WEF study that I read about the use of Minecraft in kids and in education, the, the game Minecraft. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, where you it's the most horrible looking game I've ever seen. I mean, you could have played this thing back in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and but but I've seen kids, you know, my stepson will sit and watch other people play this game. For oh, yeah, hours. yeah, yeah, totally for hours. And I'm just like, what is it? Because it doesn't hit my it doesn't hit my lizard brain the way it hits his. Mm-hmm. I, I think it might be because of the graphics or what I've tried, but I can't get into it. But they, mm-hmm. they said in this study that this is a form of social emotional learning. Right? That's yeah, what they said. Yeah. They called it uh, and th- that we've take it, taken great efforts to get this into schools to teach, you know, the importance of. Right, of- <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I look at it like virtual Legos kind of, but like yeah. it's, 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 um, it is controlled in a way that Legos are not. Right. And it is it is surveillance had the surveillance potential is there mm-hmm. in a way that Legos are not. So that's the part of the tech plat, tech part of it. Um, you know, I used to, I grew up playing Legos. My mom would leave me alone with Legos. I'd be happy mm-hmm. as a clam for three hours and I'd have something at the end of it that I would show my family and they would be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You right. know, um, or they could come and play with me. Right. You don't need to you don't need a skill set to play with Legos. Like my mom could sit down and we could play Legos. So make things right. But like when it's virtual, you have a central repository, you have, you know, these worlds that somebody else is, is hosting. You have all kinds of monitoring crops into it. It can be, you know, it, it eliminates imagination though. So with Legos, you had imagination, right? You know, yeah. like you would build a moat and you build a castle, but in your mind, it's different than that. You're it's the world you wrap around it. You know, you have yeah. the object, you wrap your own kind of world and your imagination around it. And you would also have the real world issues to have to problem solve. You know, mm-hmm. um, Minecraft does not have that. You know, you can jump over buildings and, and jump down things and, and, and yeah, that's true. That, like weight, a, strength to weight ratios. And like, right. you couldn't maybe build something that fell over. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was tactile. It was in the real world. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know whether Minecraft, Minecraft, to be fair to Minecraft, they may have some of that. I don't know, but I, I, yeah. I've been in kids' Minecraft worlds. Like, you know, I was like, what are you guys doing? Uh, aren't you working on the assignment? No, we're in Minecraft. They're all in, in this Minecraft world to create. I went and I was like, well, let me see what you got. And so they, I went in there and it was incredibly intricate. Like some of it is really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it might be just a different thing. Um, but to me, it's, it's the way it could be leveraged. Yes. Yeah. And like the way that can feed, feed into your, and it can surveil you. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, just and it's not, it's not. Well, and, and I think that was the other thing they have, and this was connected to this study was they were talking about wearable devices that can judge your your students 
and they're using these in China right now. You know what I mean? This is again, this isn't pie in mm-hmm. the sky. This is this is something yeah. that's actually happening. Um, but that you know will monitor your kid's anxiety level, their reaction to a test, a question, you know, a problem in real time. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Minecraft is doing without the wearable device because you can tell if you if you get upset about something, your click measure is going to go up. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. you if if you experience a situation. Um, and these are the things people never really think about, but you can have the same thing on Twitter. It's like, if you're getting mobbed, your tweet ratio is going to go up. Right. Or, yeah. you, you, you know, uh, that happens as well. So I think it's the emotional learning part of it is not so much the kids learning how to act emotionally or, or, or how to manage their emotions. It's the, the data learning about your emotions and how you're reacting. That, it may be that, yeah, it may be that SEL is really just a way to create docile behavioral parameters for people, right? So right. if you if you if you function according to this meta scheme where your emotions and your relations to, to other people are are sort of corralled into this buck into this sort of field, well, then you're never. We can actually, you know, work with you. We you become a, a behavioral terrain that we can manage, right? We can yeah. we can say. Children that have this um, are less likely to do all these crazy other things because really like they're just human beings are a black box to an algorithm. Like they're just a, they're Mm -hmm. just, you know, you have inputs and outputs, right? Right. But we know that if we do this to the kids, their outputs will, will be constrained and manageable. And then we can really go to work with these kids. Like we can figure out, you know, what keeps their attention, how to keep their attention, how to make them, little machines, you know? And so, and I think that is what's driving, like there are, there are nefarious things going on, but there also is something, you know, Dostoevsky wrote about that is instinctual in the human will that we are, you know, there's this famous thing. I think it was in notes from underground. I could be getting Mm -hmm. this wrong, but it's like where he says, man is not a piano key. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We are not meant to be played. Yes. That, and that is That's like right. that yes. is the essence really That's of great, what yes. is driving all of this. Like you do not press me and and predict what I will do. And even if it's the right thing for me to do, even if you press this button and I would choose it myself independently, I will purposefully do the wrong thing because yeah. I am not a machine. And like if you do not give people that that you know liberty, will, whatever, like they will if you take them for granted they will, you know, fight back. And And so, and that is, you know, that is this human nature. Yeah. Well, and it goes back. So let's just talk religion in that aspect for saying, because that that just hit something that made me think, you know, God is regardless of which religion you are. So say Islam, you're Christian. God is all powerful. He's omniscient, right? Mm -hmm. He, he can, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, right? And he can control all things except for one thing. He can't control your free will. Right. That's yeah. that, that, that is, that is the, the, and I always hit on that even as a kid, because that's what makes mm. us able to have a relationship with God, right? Is that we choose it or we do not. Now there was consequences either way and they, mm. they can be dire either way, depending on your circumstances. You could choose your relationship as a Christian and be killed in the in the in the lion pits in in Rome, you know, yeah. or or you can choose it and live a better life, or you know whatever it would be. But you had to choose, 
it wasn't chosen for you. And God, so, so the concept of free will is important here. And I think that's what you were articulating, right? Is that are we are we giving that up by putting our minds into these apparatuses, into these mm-hmm. computers that socially nudge us? And that was another part of this study. It's so interesting. Social nudging, you know, that you you hit people with just, you know, either negative yeah, or affirmative theory. stimuli right. and just kind of gently push them one way or the other. Right. Right. And that's manipulation. Right. And if you're too overt about it, they'll see you coming and they'll reject it. So, right. you know, it's you could be a piano key. I think the thing is we are piano keys without knowing it. But if you if you realize you're a piano key, then you become dangerous. Then you have the potential to reject. Right. Uh, and the I think what we've learned about human beings is how how we have so many buttons and we have we're so vulnerable to being manipulated in so many ways mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, if you're born, you know, you're, you're just, yeah. you're like this little piece of putty and you're being moved. And of course we have innate things and things that are character innately and so on. But there is something that, you know, smiles, a universal human universal, you smile at yeah. someone, they're going to they're feel back. good. And like yeah. they, you, you are changing their body chemistry. Mm-hmm. With a simple act, right? And so well, the con man knows this uh, as an individual. And then mm-hmm. imagine just that that very sort of humble thing, like magnified, like exploded times 10 billion and, you know, the ability of a processor and teams of scientists and researchers being able to do that to you. Yeah, the smartest people in the world looking at yeah. the things that, that you that you react to and going, hmm. Now I work yeah. for this person and they want this to happen. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, yeah. And I, I saw that a lot with, I think, the whole time Trump was in office. And I, and since then, for sure, where it's like you just get hit with boom, boom. You know, nobody is even talking about BLM anymore. Nobody's talking about that. You know, and that wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. You know, right. and I, I, it seems like forever ago, but we all got hit with this giant. We got shut down and then we got hit with this giant tragedy. And mm-hmm. we all played through the first time I think that that happened on that scale was the Kennedy assassination. And you saw, I think you saw the effects of that trauma, that, that worldwide or that countrywide collective trauma extend for decades, even maybe even now. Mm. And, and I, I always say people talk about conspiracy theories like the Kennedy. Well, who killed Kennedy? Well, I think it mattered. It matters less now. I think the more important part about it is what did the people who were in power learn about it and what are they using about what they learn now? You know, and, and how does mm-hmm. that, how do we find that in the media? Because now it seems like we have all these collective, we have the phones that bring us into this. They grab a hold of our brain. They nudge us. They figure out what we like or don't like, and they, they hit us with it all at the same time. And I think for a society that hasn't had a world war, or a major, major conflict in a long time that we're being primed for a situation that when we do, because we will, I mean, just on a long enough timeline, there, there will be another conflict that, that will capture at least a majority of the world's attention. Where are we going to be nudged? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one thing that might be really interesting is if, what if you could convince people that they were in a simulation, but they weren't, what if you had a bunch of people that like, 
this idea of like, well, we could be in a simulation, right? This could all be uh-huh. like, okay, so what if that was able to per and you had people go and die imagining that they were in a video game, but they're not, they actually die. What if, if you could do that, <laughs> yeah. then you could really do some, di- you could really right. function without any friction well, at all. Right? Then because you are, then you are the video game. Aren't if, you? if I, if I imagine that I could put a quarter in at the end of my life and get a new one. Yeah. I don't mind dying so much, do I? Right? right. Or I don't mind, you know, my friends dying. If I, if I imagine that they've gone to a better place, maybe they've been rebooted somewhere in a server. Right. So then, you know, well, I that's might religion actually, in general, isn't it? but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't, you could have that kind of a religious framework. Except uh, that, except that at least most religion, I'll speak for Christianity. It's the one I, I, I'm a Christian. The, the, the thought is to live a better life here. Like to, to actually mm-hmm. not, not partake of all of the things that can harm you. Because if you live, a, if you do those things, you'll have a longer life and bonus you'll reboot at another place and have a better life there as well. You right, know what I mean? right, right. Well, but, that's but, wisdom. Right. That is total wisdom. Right. And you have a, you have a schema true, you know, true fault doesn't matter. Like right. I'm not going to get, if you have a schema of wisdom that is behaviorally attract or attached, you can attach to it. You can raise the young in it. You can mm-hmm. actually sustain yourself over millennia. Fantastic. Right. But you know, if I was just a technocratic elite and I wanted to make that, how would I make one that had all that power, um, but also let me let me be like in Gnostic terminology, like a demiurge, like someone that could control yeah. a false god? How right. could I make myself right. a false god, give you a schema to get you to do what I want you to do? I would do it by saying everyone, you raising the young to believe they're in a simulation. Yes. Well, but, and but without their, yeah. isn't that wokeness though? I mean, like, 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 uh, because I, well, I, it's, I think it's any narrative. It, yes. All yes. narrative but, is but specifically, but, yeah. But specifically okay. when we're talking about your, your point about if you can get someone to believe that they can, you know, put a quarter in and, and re in camp. Right. Let's talk about the gender issue. Right. Um, if, if you can make someone believe that their inner person, their soul, for lack of a better word, is not, mm whom is represented in their body, then you can convince them that like a video game, they can change it. You know, it's like their character. You know what I mean? It's like- You're going to be rebooted as a brand new, wonderful, imaginary being that you imagine yourself truly is inside. Right, right. You can attain this transformation, this rebirth, born again. And maybe that's why we see so many kids now going towards that gender issue because it's a chance to reboot. Right, that you don't yeah. like doing yourself yeah. now. So the doctors and the and the and the and even your parents at given points or the counselors are going to are going to uh, give you a a method to go in and you know retool your your base character. Yeah, right. I get to re-roll. You know, I right. I feel like I'm a different character. I I got you know I had this role, but I want to I want a new role, and I get to be what I imagine my role should be. Um, I, I'm going to, I want all 18s on my, you know, fighter, cleric, dwarf, thief. And so, but like, so you're telling me that I can get all 18s. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get all 18s. But then of course, everyone else has to see that I have a, all 18s. You have to call me by my pronouns. Right. Right. So I need that reflected by society. It's not enough or else I'm going to need another surgery or I'm going to need everyone to comply with my, my vanity or whatever. 
Yeah, or, I mean, or or when people stop noticing, I gotta rechange. I gotta change my pronouns again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta bifurcate again. You know, right. it, it, you're never. What is that thing where it's there's always infinite halves? Is that is that Einstein? Um, uh, I forgot about like that. You can never actually close a distance because there's always infinite halves. Oh yeah, Zeno's uh, paradox. Zeno, Z, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You always it's a it's an asymptote. I mean, the the paradox is that it should be an asymptote, but it's not because you always get you always do get from to point B, right? Um, and calculus kind of solves that problem. It resolves right. the paradox. Or, or, yes, um, but but it seems like disagree, but yeah, <laughs> but it seems that we've taken that paradox and put it into identity a little bit here because it's oh, like yeah. it's it's a constant bifurcation. So therefore, you never can get to one's true self. You you never get to the end where you're perfect. You never. Well, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, like, I mean, what's the first thing I remember you play, have you ever played like Baldur's Gate, these D&D? Yes. D &D no, I was games, just right? thinking of that. Right. Yes, okay. Yeah. So like you re-roll when... and mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, I got pretty good scores, but I can re-roll again. Right. So you would just re-roll the act of re-rolling once means that you want to re-roll as many times as possible right. to get, to get an ever more perfect, like you're saying. Right. Except you're doing this. it with, like you said, not your video game body, but your real one. Yeah, your real game, your real game, your real body. game body, your real, your real, simulation. your real body. Yeah, real, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's. You made me think that there's a lot in common with gender ideology and the way it's practically playing out with this. The, the there's, I think there's like a psychological need for some sort of po adolescent transformative event, right? So you have you know confirmation. <laughs> Puberty. Well, puberty is the nature part, but there needs right. to be a cultural thing that that demarcates this sort of line. Because if you have this sort of, you know, like if you, there are tribes where you, you know, you hang from trees with nipples through, with pins through your nipples or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. stuff that you do to prove to to achieve manhood. Um, it's not necessarily the manhood; it's it's adulthood of some kind. And so, right. like you're reimagining yourself, and in the absence of any traditional cultural norms science and capitalism is perfectly happy to offer you that transformation like yeah. we'll give that to you we sense that you need that you're anxious you don't know what you believe here's what you here's here's the answer and that's again and again these detransitioners say like i was upset i was you know i was i wanted to be somebody else and then they gave me this answer right yeah. that's that was the way out of right. my to resolve my confusion and anxiety and insecurity all of the things um so that i mean that's what that right of that's a rite of passage so what I, i'm i'm just mm -hmm. spitballing that what we're seeing now may be a reimagination of the rite of passage well and know, that's funny because james Lindsay calls it you know when when i got I was talking to James when I got my first Twitter suspension, which was I felt like it was a rite of passage. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but but he said, and I it was because I showed a picture of the result of what one of these surgeries did, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he he immediately catched it. And he goes, you know, you can't expose the ritual, right? Right. You know, without and, without that, you what the your crime was decontextualizing it. Yeah. Right. 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 Like how, you know, this is just, if you looked at these images and, and you didn't know the reason behind it, you're actually dehumanizing the person because you decontextualize the ritual. So like same thing with abortion, right? The abortion right. fetuses. Yes. Oh, 
Well, and, and that you're taking you're taking it out of context, you know. Right, and I and I hit against you know people in the in the unwoke space. We're we're a diverse group. We think a lot of different things, a lot about a lot of different things, right? Um, but but uh, somebody that you would know, I don't really bring them up, but they they were very anti the abortion issue or, mm-hmm. or, or abortion being overturned. Uh, Rover, oh, yeah, Rover. Dobbs, yeah, and and I just brought up the point that you know I I see Roe as one of the first postmodern court rulings because of what you mm-hmm. just mentioned that you that you you renamed you redefined something you know uh that that was for most of human existence seen as a person and you can think what you want about abortion uh, uh, that's not what i'm talking about but what i'm talking about is the actual okay what is the thought process that went behind roe and that was all rooted in penumbras and penumbras of penumbras right it was mm-hmm. You know, herein lies the right because we've redefined what life is and or where life begins kind of out of thin air. I mean, at least in terms of the law. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, led to this situation because progressivism progresses. Right. And it, uh, it can only really go one direction, um, at least the way that those who have a control over it, you know, the way that they've defined progressive being being progressive right and so that we went from abortion to this point that it's it's the natural out, outgrowth of what you just described if you're not a person until you're born then we can extend that line past the time you're born conceivably and then if you have a problem with the way you were born right we can fix that later on you know even mm-hmm. even pause it if we want to right right right, right. pause the pause that refreshes right and and so it just it gets it gets really i see and then knowing the history behind what marcuse was doing in the 60s and where where all that was really coming coming about because it was 1972 that all this kind of happened Mm -hmm. um and it just seems like a long march of trying to dehumanize us a little bit and make us just like you said the piano key (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the thing is, there's tremendous power in being the one that plays the key, right? Yeah. So that you are, you are turned into the key by the person who wants you to be a key, who sees you as a key. There will always be people who are seeing you as a key. The question isn't, you know, am I a key? Am I not a key? The question, do you care? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> like, so a lot of people just don't care. They're just like, oh, you know, it's, it's more convenient. <laughs> or, you know, why do I, you know, sure, probably being manipulated. Fine. You know, like they're perfectly happy to, and they, you can, I'm not saying that's even a bad life. It's a great life. You could be very happy. Like, and, and, you know, maybe that's some people are like, yeah, I wish I didn't know all this stuff. I would have been happier. Yeah. You know, and, and that too. And like that, they kind of, that's part of the. Well, that's a, that's that's Neo in the na- yeah. Matrix, right? Yeah. It's taking the yeah. red pill or the blue pill. But again, my concern is as we move forward. Uh, I, how much time you got? I don't want to keep. I, I'm, I got a you know a, a ten minutes. Let's say. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But um, my 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 concern is is that we're building another red pill blue pill system on the mm-hmm. right, and mm. and those who are you know keeping the narrative, I just want to be careful of that because I, I I know I'm experiencing some of it and and uh that's local and then things like that but it's it's it just if you, if right, you break right through it's, the narrative on at either point there's going to be a price to pay and there's going to be and 
you know, like with the situation here, you know, you just came out with something in Minneapolis with the children's hospital. Yeah. Fascinating. You know what I mean? Or, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Well, they, it was really an eye opener for me because I got to see how all these different strands and vectors impact and act like a real community of, of people like who are parents who are caught unawares by this, by this tsunami of forces, money and, and mm -hmm. political power uh, and foundation money. And, you know, it, it goes all the way up uh, and all yeah. the way across. And so mm -hmm. one of the, one of basically long story short is, a school board in, in Wauwatosa, uh, which is a suburb of, of Milwaukee, uh, enacted a revision to the sex ed curriculum, which was uh, called human growth and development, right? So it used to be, you know, your mom, you know, sex ed, your mom and dad, you basically the, the basics that we all know, and they, they revised it. Um, they, they had been working on it for a year with an internal committee and an external committee. Uh, the external committee was very influential. They were comprised of, me of medical professionals, um, connections to Planned Parenthood. Uh, two of them, three of them actually worked at a nearby children's hospital in Milwaukee, the gender clinic there. One of, the, one of them is a co-founder of the gender clinic. Mm -hmm. And they pushed through, uh, they created this revision with all of gender ideology in it attached based on the national sex ed standards, which... You come from Bill and Melinda Gates, UNESCO to us. And so this, if you read these national sex ed uh, standards, it's, um, you know, everything from, you know, gender is a separate thing from sex, gender identity, gender expression, um, and every, you know, what, what, what they came up with at the end, and they gave parents two weeks over the summer to review and take a survey on, um, from August 3rd to August 17th was mm -hmm. this thing, which you can go look at. It's linked to in my, in an article that came out for chalkboard review. Okay. Um, and it has, uh, pansexuality and, uh, gender expansiveness and that there's anatomically correct, uh, graphics for kindergartners in third grade they, you know they start for kindergartners kindergarten yeah the anatomical so like vulva they're talking about the vulva with kindergartners i mean it's like the 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 re, the whole deal um and and what's baked into it as well as activism so you are activated as a change agent social justice so this is not health class this is something right. something right. other than that and then when there was a groundswell against it you can watch the school board meetings where they where these, uh, which is really six one, uh, mm -hmm. for the woke side, essentially yeah. pushing it through. And so it was right. a foregone conclusion, but they teachers brought in and administrators brought in kids to testify at the mic. Cause they wanted, you know, they wanted to hear, they were using the innocence as the mouthpieces for this. And then you had parents, uh, community members, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, regular, you know, regular folks in a purple community, speaking out against it very eloquently. Um, and they had a survey and they did the initial survey results um, were after, you know, essentially they went from, they released three different snapshots of the survey results. The first snapshot was, oh, this is very popular. We gave up, you know, we sent out 10,000 
requests and we got a hundred back and a hundred all very positive. So that was yeah. the little cadre of ever all the people who were pushing it. Then after the parents started waking up and forming Facebook groups and activating against it, they were, you know, they released these other survey numbers, which were, you know, 52% against. So it was really divisive and, you know, it was like strong oppose and strong positive and very little in the middle. So totally divisive. And then for the final meeting on the 22nd of August, when they approved it, of course, you know, all these parents, are, a lot of them are still checked out because they, that's what the summer is for. They yeah. said, well, we, we, we filtered out the survey results um, by email and by IP address, because if you didn't have an email address when you took the survey and you were outside of the, the school system email, well, then we, we, we purge the data of those names. And so everyone who was a grandparent, extended family member who wasn't connected to the, to the system software got dumped. And they claimed oh, we had a lot of outside people taking the poll, um, you know, but I, they answered no question about how they were, were able to sort of separate those people from the legitimate people. And then lo and behold, it was 65% for, and they used that as, as a way to say that the community was for it. Hmm. So you, you just, and they devoted, you know, uh, they worked over the weekend to do this data purge uh, at the last minute without yeah. telling anyone. Um, and so it is so shady. Uh, but then you can also see the influence of you have met, you have these, these gender clinic psychologists pushing this as a kind of a pipeline, right? Cause you yeah. can get them when they're young, yeah. you teach them about all the gender identity, you teach them how to, you know, you could be in your gender box, which is being cis, mm -hmm. um, or you could be out of your gender box. Which do you want to like, I mean, right. if you frame yeah. it as yeah. in or out, like kids are like, I want to be free. Like, right. It's, exactly. it's a whole setup. So they're, they're pushing these kids to, to go towards these alternate identities so they can do surgery on them later. I mean, and, and that's $40,000 a pop for top and 20, 200,000 for bottom. Right. You've got, they, they become permanent subscribers, right? Hormones are 40,000 a year. You, you just have, you have a lot of human capital yeah, on the, exactly. on, in, the, in the OR. Okay. And and a, so that's, that's the problem. And there's a pipeline, right? Because yeah. again, like with the situation here in, in, in OU Children's, what I was trying to let people know that I guess I was not successful at was that OU Children's was just the convalescent part of the pipeline. They, 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 they hand out the kid to the surgeon, the kid surgeon comes back and they, they do the hormones and the mental health care hmm. that go with it. And so they become sausages and they just go through the pipeline. And then, then again, they are attached to this medical apparatus for forever, yep. you know, and, and that is, that's rough. And I hope we, I hope we can get a handle on it because otherwise we're going to have a lot of kids that are going to be in a, in a lot of trouble. Well, Paul, thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate it. For Thanks for having me on. This is a neat great, conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. Great talk. Yeah. And we'll always. see you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks.